Boots and cats and boots and cats and boots and cats. PJ's podcast. Welcome to PJ's podcast, where we speak of the three things that matter. Uh, we have a special guest with us, uh, probably our favorite reoccurring guest, uh, Sir Rob Mitchell. Dad, how are you doing? Very good, guys. How are you? Good. He's like our resident pastor, you know, like he is. He is. He's he, he's uh, no longer the special guest. He he is a regular on on the well, pod. It, I'll, just, my, I'll just call him the PJ podcast pastor. Yeah, it's my <laughs> honor, boys. You guys, you guys are that. wonderful. You guys are just doing a great thing. I I listen to every podcast and I'm just amazed at how much, you know, trouble you get in. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh that's more relevant now than ever before. <laughs> I heard you had a, a tough one the other day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, there's definitely some people that are willing to uh, to speak their mind to you over the internet. So, but it comes with the territory. So, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, but you know, we we've been having conversations about uh, dispensationalism and in the kingdom. Um, Tonight, I, I really just want to uh, have a open, honest conversation about Jesus, right? Um, I know what Jesus means to me. Um, you know, both of you are very familiar with, uh, you know, the things that have happened in, in my life, uh, having a son with Down syndrome, having cancer at the age of 22. Um, but dad, I, I know you know, what's happened in your life also, right? Losing your mom uh, at such a young age, uh, your brother, you know, uh, in your 30s and four, or 40s, early now 40s. Now my sister. Your sister, um, you know, and we've heard of the miracle uh, that happened in your teens. So, you know, the old, the old adage or the old phrase, you know, uh, take Jesus into your heart and uh, let him be your Lord and Savior. It's all great and dandy. Um, but I want to know from you, you know, when you say Jesus is your Lord and Savior, what does that mean to you? Well, I'll tell you what, guys, there's so much depth to Christ that you can never plunge too deep. If you want a relationship, all you have to do is work at it, communicate, spend time. That's it. And the wealth of reciprocation is magnificent. If you give the Lord Jesus time and place in your life, he will abundantly reciprocate. He will fill you with love, compassion, grace, mercy. Um, you know, and all of us are busy. I, I remember as a young man, I had, I worked for uh, a, a repair company and I drove trucks. I drove a truck all day from house to house. So sometimes I would spend as much as two and three hours on the road getting from place to place. And, and I remember the intimacy that I felt when I just said, come, 
Lord Jesus. If I'd be driving from place to place and my heart would be filled, be, be filling with just a, a, a peace, you know, that I just, you don't get in the world. You just don't get it. You know, it's something that you recognize as new and different if you give yourself time. You know, both of you have wonderful wives. You, to, to, um, to become more intimate, it's, it's not just physical, it's emotional, it's, it's spiritual. There's depth to your relationship. But how do you get there? You get there by spending time. You just give your wife place. You know, most men after a year or so of marriage realize that as soon as your wife turns to you and go, I need some time, you better stop. <laughs> because there's a, there's a link in us connected to our wives. And so it is with the Lord Jesus and the Holy Spirit will urge us to just lay down. You know, we feel, I think you'd be surprised at how much we fill our lives with activity. That's not absolutely necessary. Um, and if you can control your soul <laughs> long enough to, you, you, you know what I do? I go on the back porch. I just sit on the back porch. And it's funny. I've been doing this since we moved here to the to grow. Of course, I look out on a lake. So I have a great view. I have a relaxing place to sit. But it's it's so common for me now that when I get up and start heading towards that porch chair, I can feel the Holy Spirit rising inside of me. Isn't that funny? Because there's going to be some communication there. And sometimes I don't get anything. A lot, in fact, a lot of times I don't get anything. And I, you know, these guys that say that God speaks to them all the time, maybe they're more spiritual than I am. God doesn't speak to me all the time. But I do know that he's there all the time. You know, and, and, you know, I read a lot of scripture. I do a lot of just uh, contemplation on spiritual things because that's been my whole life. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I wasn't a great athlete. I wasn't the smartest guy in the room. But one thing that I knew I had, and that was the depth of communication with my savior. So do what you're best at, <laughs> you know, uh, God gave you gifts. Each of you are talented young men. Not only are, is Monty very handsome, Thanks. but he's very smart too. Rue, you, you don't have an enemy. Well, now you do since you started the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That that li that list has grown considerably yeah. since. You started. 
all of Detroit and all of Chicago hate me, Dad. (laughs) San Francisco doesn't like you either. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I love you, son. I love you. Um, But, you know, I mean, you're just one of those people that that people like. And that's part of your DNA. That's part of how God made you. And I say go with your strength. I really mean that. I don't think God put you together to bring you into something foreign that you're not good at. You're going to have tendencies. My tendency is to go deep into my spirit and to find Christ at the deeper level and not be satisfied with just a superficial awareness you know what do you, what I, do you mean by Christ at a deeper level? Well, I I want to know what he's thinking. I want to know what the plans are. I want to know. That's why when we started the ministry there at the sixty first and and uh, Peoria, the Lord gave me a revelation. What I think is a, a grand revelation. I just sat up in bed one night and wrote down seven points. And you know, those are what we consider our foundational principles for the ministry. But those are the kind of things that I'm looking for. You know, and that's the kind of things that the depth of relationship brings out. You, I finish my wife's sentences. Your your mom and I almost think, alike now but but we're very opposite and you know that son i would almost say complete opposites yeah yeah but we have gelled over time so that we're of one mind and that scripture though it's spiritual in context about a new you know a a a man is it a man that will leave his family and be joined with his wife And they become a new creation. One flesh, yeah. One flesh. I know that that's a spiritual, that has spiritual connotations to it, but it's very real in in the natural. And you guys will experience that, and I'm sure you already have. Mm -hmm. Um, But with, with time grows familiarity. And familiarity then breeds a, a, a oneness that can't be gained by going to church on Sunday only. Or even, you know, participating Wednesday night. That just, there's so much more to Jesus. You know, um, I'll I'll give you examples uh, like, when Bam was born, I I knew something was wrong in my spirit. You know, so what's my job? Well, my job at that point is to support you, my youngest son, through this devastating time. You know, and what we've come through, how we've come through to to realize what a wonderful that 
gift that Bam is, you know, but oh, that was so hard. So, you know, the Lord, if you're listening, will give you heads up. I, well, I experience this all the time. I'll, I'll, I'll feel disturbed in my spirit and I won't know why. Well, there, there, there is a, I, I want to tell a, a story of exactly what you're, what you're saying. And I'm, I'm sure, uh, you know, I, I've told this story before, but, you know, when we, when we found out about BAM, right, we, um, you know, I, I called, um, you know, people in the family and different things like that. And every time I, I talk to somebody, you know, it was the same. I'm, I'm sorry, you know, that, that stinks. Um, and when I called you, the first, the first thing that you said was, I'm so lucky. That was the first thing you said when, after I told you your son, your grandson has down syndrome. Was you said I was lucky. And that was the one thing I needed to hear at that time. Right. And I know that came from came from you, but it came from the father. That's that depth that you're talking about. You know, you you listened to the father and you said exactly what I needed to hear at that time. You know, I'll I'll tell you. Um you know, Paul gives us an example of, of, of prophecy or seeing in the future about seeing through a glass darkly. That analogy has always stuck with me because as long as I am of flesh and bone, I may not see things perfectly clear. Okay, but if I can get all the trash out of my soul and out of the way, I can clear a lot of that fog up. And that's why um, this obsession with sin, I believe, is such a diversion. You know, it, 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 the cross answered the problem of sin. There, there's now something called the blood of Jesus that pours forth from the throne into our hearts and covers us with the, with the acceptance of the Father. So we shouldn't be fighting sin. sin we should defeated. be right. We should be overcoming sin. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now that doesn't mean that it's easy. And that doesn't mean right. that it's a smooth road because there are going to be things in you, inside of you that come from your past, that come from trauma in your life. And even unknowingly, we can build up these pillars of resistance Oh, the scripture has a term for it, and I can't always, I always forget what it is. Strongholds, strongholds, okay? These strongholds take place uh, to 
inhibit the, the relationship, not that the Father has with you, but what you have with the Father, okay? The Father always rains down his love, always. In fact, once you're in Christ and Christ is in you, forgiveness is automatic. I know it's okay to cry out for forgiveness. That's fine, but it's not necessary. You have forgiveness, okay? The crying out is just your heart trying to be released, and that's fine. That's fine. But understand that the Father loves you no matter what you do. His love is, his covenant is perfect with you. And so we shouldn't be trying to uh, battle sin all the time. If we are, We've just been diverted from the overall plan of being useful <laughs> in the product, productive in the kingdom, right? I mean, if you're swatting flies in the dugout, then you're not hitting singles at the at home play. Right. Okay. So the Lord wants us to understand that his love and mercy are are eternal. So what it's up to us to vanquish these strongholds in our lives that can be very difficult you know say you were uh, a simple explanation say you were yelled at when you were a child your dad used to wail at you and and just beat the tar out of you every time you made a little mistake. Okay, I'm going to ask you a question. If that's you as a child, what's your impression of the Holy Heavenly Father going to be? It's going to be Zeus, right? Standing up in the clouds, and every time you make a mistake, he's going to throw down a lightning bolt. That's going to be your impression of God. Well, that's a stronghold, and you have to break through that. Because Jesus isn't just collecting souls. See, I think that's the misinterpretation of evangelicalism, is that Jesus gets you saved, and then you run to the safe house called the church, and then you just stay there and, and hope that you know the world doesn't collapse before you get to heaven. is that we have intimate relationship and know more of the Father. So Jesus isn't just collecting us. He's taking us to the Father. He says that over and over in Scripture. You know, if you see me, you see the Father. If you hear me, you're hearing the Father. If I, what I do, the, I see, I do it because I see the Father do it. You know, he tells Thomas, he says, you know, why do you ask, can I see the Father? Have you not seen me? He's a perfect illustration of who the Father is. That's because he wants us to take us and restore us to that most vital relationship with the Father. That's what he's after. 
fact, Jesus goes at length and calls us brothers. Remember when he comes out of the tomb? He says, go tell my brothers that I am going to our father. You know, it, it's a, it's, it's something that I think has been misunderstood over time is that Jesus is, is just a soul winner. No, he's much more than that. He is our best friend. And what does a best friend do? You know, he wants the best for you, right? What is the best for us? Life with the Father. Here on earth, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's so, it's, it's so important that we hear the voice of Christ and we clear out all this junk. And a lot of times, I'm going to be real honest, that's why Jesus implemented a discipleship format. Because a lot of this stuff you can't go through alone. Now, Reuben, you have a brother who was probably the drug lord of Broken Arrow at one time. Uh, what what implicates my parenting? But um, you know, he virtually kicked the habit by himself. But you can count the people that have done that on one hand. They're just. Yeah aren't any that can do that and that's because he had a special call on his life and the lord wanted to pluck him out of that mess and get him working on the right team um but most of the time discipleship is necessary that's why i believe that home churches or home groups where men with some measure of maturity form teacher-student relationships with other individuals, and they can be older or younger, doesn't matter. It's just your depth in Christ that matters. If you have something to offer, you should be a discipler, okay? And that means helping people through these destructive inner strongholds. You know, that's what we deal with out on the street at the ministry is addictions, right? Mental incapacities, you know, alcoholism, drugs. And, and those things just rarely just go away, very rarely. And the reason for that is our bodies can't sustain that. Our bodies require a gradual change. And, and that's just the physiology of addiction. You know, a lot of people, if they were miraculously healed, would have physical trauma. They need to, and Monty, you know that this is true, being in the medical profession, that, that the gradual decline of addiction is the favorable choice to make. Uh, for, for a person's emotional and, and spiritual health, they need to be walked through this. Well, that requires an intimate relation or an intimate relationship with a leader. Somebody who's been through that stuff, 
or somebody who can counsel through that stuff and get rid of these strongholds. Okay. And once you get through, then, man, I mean, your relationship with the father is grand, you know, and I, I, I honestly don't make any distinction between Jesus and the father. To me, they are one. Mm -hmm. Okay. Am I running over? I tend to. No, dad, you're good. Yeah. There's something no. that you said earlier that uh, really stuck with me. You said, you know, the strongholds, the sin, the, you know, nasty things that we do. Um, it doesn't take away how the father looks at you. That's like right. It doesn't, it doesn't hinder his relationship with you. It hinders Isn't your relationship with the father. That is such, that is so powerful. And once you, you get know. that in your heart, man, I mean, your confidence just soars because you know that he's not judging you, that your judgment was yes. That's your judgment. Yes. You're mine. That's your judgment. You're on the right side. He has judged you. And his, his answer is yes. I love you. You're part of my family. I'm with you. I'm covenant with you. And all those things make you understand that you're not jumping in and out of salvation. Of you know, good oh, graces with, yeah, with the yeah. Father. I, I, I sinned today. I need to go back and get, you know, take mass and go to confession. <laughs> You know, those things are just manipulation. Right. And and the and our Savior just loves us so much that he wants us to understand how much he loves us. And if you will give him time, the depth of his acceptance, you know, all of us have to have acceptance in our life just to know that somebody loves us. You know, that's the beauty of marriage. You know. And your children, whoa, I mean, your children. They just um what's the word? Unconditional love. Yep. I'm almost like a puppy dog. <laughs> But that's the kind of depth that, that Christ wants for us. And I'm sorry there aren't, there's not a red pill and a blue pill. You know, it just, it just takes time. You know, you just got to give him place. And I, I, I wouldn't expect fireworks. I would just expect a time of peace and calm. And allow and and just come before the Father and just say, I'm so thankful that you know that's what I spend most of my time doing when I'm talking to the Lord is thanking Him. Because mm -hmm. I've got so much to be thankful for. I have five wonderful children, 17 magnificent grandchildren. I mean, my quiver is full, and I am so thankful. I spend a lot of my time 
thinking, because really the Lord knows what we need if you get right down to it. <laughs> you know, if you've got a sick member of the family, the Lord knows that. And though it doesn't hurt to lift them up and ask for healing and ask for the Lord's touch, the Lord is already, you know, he's already focused on all of our needs because that's how much he loves us. And it's personal. It's not uh, corporate. Although there is corporate goodwill in the nature of the father, it's very personal. I'm, I'm with you, dad. Well, um, that's about 30 minutes. Um, oh, good. Let's, let's go ahead and, uh, stop it there. Let's, uh, you know, we'll have you back on here, uh, probably in a week or so to have more conversations. Uh, we're he's gonna, our, he's uh, our resident pastor. Of course he's coming resident back. Pastor. Uh, <laughs> and I, what, what I'd like to do is, uh, have some more kingdom talk, uh, next time a little, uh, some more kingdom talk. Um, but today I felt the Holy spirit just, uh, wanting us to talk about, uh, the king. you know, Jesus and the King. Yeah, you're exactly right. So, uh, dad, I love you. Thank you for spending this time with us and, uh, we'll have you on, uh, here in about a week or so. Well, I just want to end by saying the Cardinals won the other night. <laughs> yes. Yes, they did. Big. Yes, they they did. I wanted to give us a little bit more time before I get your uh, get your take because it's only been about a week or so. Well, they've only had one one win <laughs> last week, so there's nothing to talk about. <laughs> right, right. I love That's you good. guys. I'll see you. Love later. you, Dad. All, All right, right, bye. Thanks. Bye, Monty. See you soon. Bye. Thank you. Well, um, always good having him on. Always good having oh, yeah. him on. For sure. uh, that was really sure. good to just have you know, a conversation about the King, like he said, our Lord and savior, um, you know, always lifts my spirit when, uh, when we talk about him. So, yeah. um, you know, always good to have, uh, resident PJ pastor uh, <laughs> on staff, uh, drop a couple lines, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Like, I, like I always say every time he's on, like, you know, if his passion, the way he speaks, if that doesn't like, you know, make you feel a certain way, then, then I don't, I don't know what does, man. So, I mean, I think he also hits some like perfect points, you know, where he talks about, you know, church is more than just going, you know, or, you know, being spiritual, spiritual and one with uh, God, you know, it's more than just going to church on Saturday or, or Sunday or Wednesday, you know, he talks about, you know, going to his porch and spending time and that's a spiritual time. Uh, I think that's something everyone needs to do, you know, you know, if you want to call it meditating or taking a time out and just sitting, you know, quiet and, you know, and, and talk to God or just hope God talks to you or uh, read some passages from the Bible, you know, everyone talks about how busy they are. And, you know, I'm, I'm included in that, you know, but like how I think how much time you spend on your phone or how many times you spend in front of a computer or on TV where you take this 30 minutes or an hour of your day, you know, and, and just, you know, you know, if like your dad does, you know, give thanks for all the blessings that he does have in his life, you know, something where, you know, where you can help, you know, just some time to get the, some of the burdens, you know, something, some of the temptations, like, off your spirit and off your chest and, you know, just kind of reset and regroup. So that, that was awesome. Yeah. There was something he always used to, used to tell me, he said, when, you know, 
when the father looks at us, he sees Jesus, right? Like he doesn't see somebody that sins and, you know, lets their flesh get the right. best of them. You know, he sees right. Jesus. That, that's what he sees. That's why he, he was saying that, you know, there's no, like, when you, when you do things that you know you're not supposed to, doesn't hinder his relationship with you. Because when he sees you, he sees Jesus, right? He sees his son, right. his perfect son. Um, it, it hinders our relationship with him. And he used to tell me that all the time. And I really didn't understand it until I, I fully started to have a relationship with the father. I finally understood that, you know, the more things that I do that I know I'm not supposed to, it's it's just kind of building a wall between me and the father. Um, that's yep. why, you know, he always taught me to spend time with the father to break down those walls. You know, that that right. in my younger years, that's what I was doing when I was spending time with the father. It was I was breaking down those walls that I had put up through all the garbage that I was doing. Right now, right. it's more like he said, it's more just giving thanks to the father for the blessings that I have for the things that he's helped me get through um, different right. stuff like that. So uh, I'm I'm lucky to have a father like him uh, that has taught me these things from a very, very young age, you know, and if there's one thing I know about about Robert, about my dad is everything he does is done in pureness with the father right mm -hmm. he's he doesn't do things uh out of you know spitefulness or you know self indulgence it is you know th because he feels like the father is asking him to do this or ask or telling him right. to say this right and that's a point i want to get to in in my life you know not there yet but um you know, it's something I, I strive to do. Luckily, I, I have a role model there that has has shown me how to do that. Right. So um, let's go ahead and let's let's do some politics first. We've been doing sports uh, first, but, um, you know, there's not a ton of stuff to get to in politics. So um, let's go ahead and, and knock this out real quick. One of the biggest things uh, that's happened in the last uh, couple of days uh, beyond uh, you know, the Ralph uh, news story is the bill uh, that the Republicans uh, put up in the House to ban men from playing in women's sports, right? Mm -hmm. And this goes to our conversation that we had uh, for Culture Wednesdays. Zero Democrats voted for this bill. Zero. It was completely upon party lines. Right. And basically what the bill was is if you are a biological man, you are not allowed to compete in women's sports. It's pretty simple. Right. And I think the majority of people, uh, especially athletes, understand that this is a correct thing to do. Right. We cannot keep letting uh, men destroy women's sports. Right. This I, I get the whole, you know, uh, argument, but men are literally going into women's sports and just absolutely destroying, you know, biological women uh, just because they have a biological uh, advantage. You know, the the one swimmer, uh, the, the male swimmer that was like 255th in the men's division 
jumps over to the women's division and, you know, becomes number one in the division and also wins the D1 championship by 50 seconds. 255th in the men's division, women's division, blows them out of the water, gets to get out of the water and have a drink for a minute while the other girls finish. Right. I mean, mm. we, I, I think, I think, I think most people can see that, that this bill is, should be by should be bipartisan. Right. It wasn't, like I said, it was zero Democrats voted for it. Uh, every single Republican voted for it. So, um, what what's your thoughts on, on this bill and the obvious uh you know the divide uh in you know zero democrats voting every single republican voting uh yeah i mean we've kind of uh hint hints and uh talks i can't speak what we can just... <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness we've kind of talked about this before in the past um obviously like the the pill of the Republicans tried to try to get done, you know, is, is is needed. You know, we talked about you know the biological difference between a male and a woman, a woman, and you know just the fact that the testosterone in their body, they're just naturally bigger, stronger, faster than women. Even the average male, right, who won't be successful in a in a man's sport can go into a women's sport and and compete with the best um you know it's like i said it's proven in track it's been proven in swimming it's been proven in you know weightlifting and powerlifting so um obviously it's i mean to keep it on an equal playing field or try to make it equal you know for for women to um to strive in their own sport like i mean i this is definitely needed um you know and kind of how i talk talked about on the last pod just the democrats shut something like this down because you know you know they support the trans the trans uh movement or the or the people who uh, support them and vote for them and so obviously to keep those votes and to keep those people happy i mean they're obviously going to vote that down um and we always go back to you know playing politics uh, against playing what's right and what's wrong and you know sometimes obviously in instances like this you know playing politics is wrong so um you know, until like like we talk about leaders, until someone in the Democratic Party steps up and says, "Hey, you know, I have a daughter. My daughter, you know, plays soccer. You know, and I, you know, the last thing I need is you know to have, you know, a, a biological male defending my soccer, knocking her down, kicking her, you yeah. know, and overpowering her, where, where she doesn't want to play the sport anymore. You know, and what's going to happen when all the women lose interest? You know, because you know." they are uh, it's an unfair playing ground you know what, what are you going to do then we're going to have men's sports and trans sports like come on like so obviously um it's not fair it's not right and and we need we need some people on the other uh, on the democratic side to definitely step up and and and, and support this and share this well i mean th this is what i was talking about on wednesday like it's making a a very uh black and white point here that you can't yeah. be a a middle democrat anymore there's no such right. thing because no democrat voted this for for this thing so you can right. you can vote for a democrat that you think is in the middle right but once they go to the house they're not in the middle anymore 
right? This 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 is an easy an easy bill, right? Men cannot compete in women's sports. That is so sad. Mm-hmm. I thought we had Title IX. I thought this was already sorted out, right? I, I thought this was already done, right? Very simple. Zero Democrats, right? To me, this just blows it up, right? There's no middle Democrat anymore. If you vote for a Democrat, this is what you're going to get, right? They are all going to vote with the extreme other side of the, you know, the extreme left of of the Democrat Party. And, and you know, I, I want to know if you agree with me on this, because I, it just seems like if you if you're going to vote for a Democrat, this you're voting for for the far left because nobody will break off from it. Yeah, yeah, um, I do agree with you. I mean, like, and I, I, you know, my some some of my personal views, you know, like might be like on certain issues, and I'm like, you know, those guys, they, they might have a point there, right? It's like, like they might have some ground to stand on, but I, I definitely don't think this is one of them. Um, and I do think there might be some, you know, middle Democrats out there, but I think sometimes they are put under so much pressure by their peers that yeah. you know they're uh, they're afraid um to vote or you know stand up and say what they want to say and so like you know they go along with the group right but at the exact same time that's not representative of the people that put them in in place you're exactly right so why are you there so so why are you there so i mean obviously like you know i mean you know in politics there's tons of games being played there's 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 meetings you know behind the scenes and everyone's jostling for you know some kind of power and position and this is it's definitely going on here but like you said um especially in, in this topic you know when it comes there's no middle democrat and and there i mean like i said i believe there are some but i feel like they're under so much power like, you know there's so much pressure from their peers that like they're they're never going to stand up against it so because they know if they do they're going to they're just going to get pushed out right so um i mean that's that's my take on that for sure and you know, it make it makes you feel like even at, even if you are a middle Democrat voting, you're like, man, like these people aren't representing, you know, what I believe. And then yeah. you know, we talked about the independence. We talked about the independent um, push um, last episode, and I think you're gonna. And this is reason why you might see prime a lot example of people lean towards the the independent side because obviously, if you're uh, a middle Democrat, the Republican side might be too far right for you because because they're you know they go extreme right too for the most part you know and so you you kind of want someone in that middle ground to stand up for you and believe what you believe in and and represent you when you actually put them in a place of power. Yeah, I, I mean, I think this is a great example on why we're so polarized too, right? Because there's not yeah. a, a, a center Democrat, you know, a group. Right. And there's a ton of center Democrats out there, right, that don't necessarily agree with the right. So they they consider themselves a Democrat. But, you know, the everybody that they're voting in is is voting you unanimously with with every single Democrat. Right. I can't think of one bill that Democrats haven't voted unanimously on, you know, which means that now. If you vote a centrist, a center Democrat in, they are now considered far left. So why would you vote them in anymore? Right. Because right. they're they're not going to, like you said, represent the center. What's the only right. the, the only one is Joe Joe Manchin. 
That's it. That's the only only center Democrat that I can think of in all of our political sphere, right? Because Joe mm. Manchin's a Democrat, but he's been holding up some of the bills and different things like that about a year ago, right? Um, right. And yeah. he, he was standing, you know, he's in a, a purple state, right? So uh, being a purple state, that's a lot of middle middle grounds there. And I think he mm. did right by his voters by by being the center Democrat, like he was voted to be, right? But if if he keeps going that route, he'll probably get you know booted out of the Democrat Party because they don't want him there. Um, the the other thing for me on this is just where's the where's the freaking feminists on this? Where <laughs> are the people standing up for women? I, I'm right. I'm I, like I don't see any. Not any. Let me take that back. There are people that are standing up, right? That are women saying, hey, this is actually pretty detrimental to us. But I've just, I'm so surprised there's not more women, you know, standing up and going, hey, you know, I'm for women over here. And you're trying to put men in a women's sport, right? And making it, you know, non competitive for us. And making us compete against, you know, biological men, that is is not good for us, right? It, they're also trying to say men can now go into women's bathrooms, right? Like the the privileges that women have are now being taken away, in my opinion, right? They can't have their own sport. They can't have their own bathroom. They can't have their own showers. Where's the feminist? That's a, that's a great question. Like, hey, feminists, you listen, where, where are you at? You know, and like, I mean, obviously, like, you know, all the power that you've been, you know, working to achieve, yeah. you know, all the rights you're, work, you're working to achieve, uh, you know, in that in the, the feminine movement, right? You know, like, you know, it's not the men doing it anymore. You know, it's it's another group, you know, and like you definitely like need to stand up and, and fight for, for your rights against them as well. You know? So, uh, I said, that's a great question. Um, I mean, especially like, I mean, and I think you would actually have a lot of men on your side this time, you know, that would be like, yeah, we, we agree. Like, you know, you know, trans, you know, men shouldn't be competing in your sports either, you know? So, I mean, I think all around people, a lot of people think that's a bad look, even though a lot of people agree, you know, personally, I think either, you know, you should compete as a biological male, biological female, or, you know, you make another subcategory and, you know, the women, men, and then the trans can compete against the other trans. Cause like, I mean, I think that's what's fair because like I said, you know, a biological man is just naturally going to be stronger, faster, bigger than a biological woman. So like how, I mean, how, is that ever going to be fair? It's it's not. I don't care how how you slice it. I think it's funny. I don't think I don't know. I'll, I'll say this real fast. If you look it up, um, in Canada, their their rules are a lot looser than ours, even when it comes down comes down to this. And so there's been there was a um, a, a transgender male competing um against women in, in a weightlifting contest and you know obviously she like won the last like nine out of ten or eight out of nine competitions she has the, the records smoked them and so um one of the coaches of the women who's a, who's a male basically entered the competition saying i'm a female and that's all yep. you have to say to be able to compete and then yep. like he and obviously he won he smashed her he smashed everybody right and, you know and, and then and then she's being filmed saying it's unfair 
But I was like, <laughs> like wait, oh, you're mad at- that is the funniest thing I've ever heard. That is hilarious. Yeah. So oh my uh, like oh and I, uh, I mean I'll have to see the link, but but the oh, thing is it's like like it's like it's okay when you do it, but when someone when someone does it to you, it, it's unfair. Like this is what all the all the biological female athletes are saying. So like you, you're kind of all like you're kind of like supporting their case, right? So um Man. it's crazy. Um wow. I mean you know it, 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 it shouldn't just be the Republicans standing up. It shouldn't just be men standing up. Like you said, it should be, you know, I mean, obviously um, female athletes competing um, are standing up too, but it should be like, you know, the, the feminist movement that should stand up too and, and uh, support all, all females. So. Yeah. I mean, it, it's sad that it's not sad. Let me take that back. Um, it, it's just kind of ironic that men are leading this charge right like uh like you said you know women had fought very hard to uh get get all these things and then you know they're being challenged and there's not a ton of women standing up you know men are are bringing these things up um and talking about these things and i just think i think women need to stand up and you know fight for their rights to keep you know, keep their bathrooms, right, separated from somebody that has a penis, right? I mean, it, it's pretty simple. Um, I don't want my wife walking into a bathroom uh, with a dude pulling out his junk, right? That's yeah. that's not good um, whatsoever, right? And if I had a daughter, right, competing in sports, um, and she was having to defend uh, a boy, Right. And that boy's pushing her, you know, it's not something I would be comfortable with. So and I'm sure that's something she would not be comfortable with. So then she doesn't want to play the sport, like you said. Right. Um, I I don't in, you know, I don't think there should be a a transgender. I it just should be biological. It's the easiest way to do it. Right. If you're a male, compete with the males. If you're women, you compete with the women. End of story. Done. There's no more argument. Um, it, it's pretty mm. simple, uh, in, in my eyes, but, um, I, I, I'm gonna be very interested to see, uh, because it did pass the house, right? Because you had a unanimous, uh, Republican support. Now we all know that Republicans do not, uh, control the Senate, right? So yeah, we'll see, we'll, we'll, right. we'll see what happens there, um, but anyways, uh, that's that's really about uh, about all I had on on politics. Um, I, I was gonna bring a, another thing into this conversation, um, but I think I'm gonna leave it for uh, for Culture Wednesdays. That's that it's a, a clip yes. of Don Lemon. So uh, next week, uh, no. next Wednesday. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, it's a it's a clip with uh, Don Lemon and one of the Republican uh, candidates, and um, I'll I'll show that clip to you. I'm sure you maybe have seen it or not, but I'll show that clip to you, and we'll talk about that clip for uh, Culture Wednesday. So uh, with that, let's roll into some sports.
sports. Um, obviously, there's some baseball games being played. There's some hockey being played. But apparently, everything, um, all eyes are on the NBA playoffs right now. Um, yep. There's been some good games, good games today. There's been some good games yesterday. I don't know if you got to see any good, uh, watch any of this stuff. But uh, but yesterday, uh, Philly, you know, Philly beat Brooklyn 102-97. Uh, they did it without Embiid. It's kind of crazy. A lot of the stars are are, are injured, you know. So a, a bead, Embiid has a, a sprained knee, and he's a uh, he's out for Game Four. We know John Morant hurt his hand. He's still questionable for Game Three. Uh, Giannis didn't play the last game, and they still won. Yeah. Um, and so he's doing everything he can get back for Game Three. So a lot, a lot of the the uh, Kawhi Leonard. He he's out. So there's a lot of the superstars that everyone pays a lot of money to see are, aren't even playing. But the crazy thing is their their teams are still performing uh, really well without them. So um, we'll we'll see what happens. But like I said last night, uh, Philly beat Bro- Brooklyn 102-97. Uh, Sacramento dropped gold to Golden State 114 to 97, which is going to be a great series, by the way. But Sacramento leads two to one still. Uh, Phoenix. Uh, beat the Clippers 129 to 124. So yep. Phoenix leads that series two to one. I know you probably watched that one. Uh, let's see. Atlanta beat Boston today. So, but Boston still leads the series two to one. Uh, the Knicks, they beat our, our New York Knicks. We're going to claim them. Uh, they beat Cleveland 99 to 79. And they actually lead that series two to one. And right now, Denver is beating Minnesota 67 to 58. So um, there's, there's there's all the series are still close. No one's gonna no one's gonna sweep anybody. We'll we'll see how these injury injuries affect uh these teams and see if you know uh it changes the course um as as teams go to the next round. What do you what are you thinking as you as you see some of these games? So uh, what I really want to do is I'm gonna go through some of these injuries. Uh, yeah, let's do that. Because I think I think this is really important. Uh the first thing you said is Embiid is out. Uh, is he out for the series or is he just out for a couple of games? So uh, right now an they're just diagnosis. Yeah. He's a sprained knee. That's, that's all they said on that. I guess um, the MRIs were negative as far as like anything like, like seriously damaged. And so they're just, they're just kind of monitoring him, hoping he gets in, in, enough rest where he feels well enough to play, but, but he's out for game four. So um, we'll see what happens. Uh, Are they just calling him game, game to game? Is that kind of what he's, yeah, doing? He's, he he's basically day to day, right? So, um, they say he can he can come back as early as next week. But as far as I bet uh, you next... they rest him. I bet you they yeah, rest oh, him. Yeah. I mean, you might as well. You're up three games to to nothing. Brooklyn's looked god awful. So, uh, yeah. I bet I bet you they just rest him for for the rest of the series. Hopefully, uh, yeah, get him back for the semifinals. Um, right? They, yeah. What, what think, about like the Greek like he... freak? The Greek freak, as you said, I mean, I think, I think the Sixers can close out uh, Brooklyn without him. So I, I yeah. would, I would probably shut him down to to the next series. Yeah, I don't know about the Greek freak. I think his his injury is probably a little more serious, and so um, I don't, I don't know what they're going to do with him. Like, like we said, we were like, oh man, they're in trouble, and they, uh, they beat him. They won the game anyway without him. So he still has he hasn't practiced since the injury. You know they're saying he's day to day, but I but I think a lot of teams say that 
just as they don't want to, you know, they're holding the cards close to the chest because obviously other teams are watching and other teams are, are going to prepare if if he is or isn't playing. So they don't want to give much away, but um, he hasn't played and he, he's day to day too. So, okay. We'll, so they're we'll basically we'll not giving, happens. giving us really that much information. Uh, they're basically no, just the... saying they're, they're day to day with all these injuries is what it sounds right, like right. to me. What about Kawhi? What's uh, how's Kawhi's injury look like? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. What do you, do you even know what Kawhi did? Uh, I, I, I mean, as, as far as I know, it's a sprained knee, right? He has sprained um, knee too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both, both are sidelined uh, with with sprained knees, um, and, and you kind of know how those things are. They are kind of day to day. Yeah, you know, it, it just it, Lakers aren't or uh, Clippers aren't looking that good Clippers. right now. Right. So mm. uh they they've lost the last two uh lost the last two games. Um, you know, Russell played a little bit better this last game. Uh he was about fifty percent from the field, uh twenty-two points, uh eight rebounds, eight assists. Uh so he looked a lot better. The problem was is Booker went off, dude. He went yeah. off thirty-six points. He yeah. freaking yeah. went off. Often I told you last episode said for them to be successful, Booker has to step up because everybody's yep. going to focus on KD. If Booker steps up, dude, boom, uh, uh, Clippers are going to have a hard, hard time with them. And that's what they did. And as long as Booker stays hot, which I think he will, you know, I, I'm a big yeah. Booker fan. I, I think he's kind of quiet, but he, you know, lets his game uh, talk for him. Um, and if, if you saw a Durant, you know, he had 28, 28 points. Um, actually, this last game, uh, Booker had 45 points. He's averaging 36 points a game. He had 45 points. Uh, KD had 28. Um, Booker also didn't have a turnover. I mean, the dude is is ultra effective. I mean, uh, oh, if, yeah. he, if he can just continue to do that, uh, what he's doing, I mean, Clippers are going to have a hard time getting past him. Uh, Chris Paul had sure. seven assists, right? 11 points. Uh, he's he's just yeah. the field guy. He played almost the entire game. Uh, Booker played 44 minutes, right? So uh, they're firing on all cylinders. If if Leonard doesn't get back, man, eesh, this is going to be a tough, uh, a tough road, uh, yeah. in my opinion. Uh, Brooklyn or uh, Knicks, like you said, look great. I mean, they, yeah. they look good, right? They, I mean, they yeah. blew out Cavs by 20 points. They're playing, or uh, uh, they just got done playing, right? Uh, blew them out by 20 finished. points. Um, Denver, you know, Denver just, I, I I don't see, I don't see Memphis even sticking yeah. with them whatsoever. Minnesota, Minnesota. But we we call we call that, on, on all the matchups, we knew this was going to be the easiest matchups um in in the in the first round so um minnesota can't can't hang with denver like this will this will be over pretty quickly for sure yeah and and the grizzlies uh, took took a game from the lakers yeah that was a big one right um yep that was that was really good to see they they actually kind of came together there you know what i mean uh i i was i was really happy with the way that they played i i really i i still have hope um I still have hope that they can pull this thing out, right? Uh, they go back. Yeah. The, the problem is the next two games are are at LA, 
Um, I, I feel like LA does pretty good at their home court, get some home cooking. So um, that one will be interesting to see. I, I think, I think whoever wins this next game probably takes down the series in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, and and the crazy thing, I, they won without John Morant. He's been messing with a hand injury. Uh, he returned to practice. He did everything in practice. So it's looking pretty likely that he he will be back um, as long as there's no setbacks. So like that's definitely a boost for Memphis when you have someone that, that can score almost at will. Um, you know, and so we'll, we'll see. I think Anthony Davis might have got injured in the last game where he got, my, got a little knock. But when is that guy not hurt? So um, Yeah, seriously, he's been hurt his entire time. <laughs> right so uh so we'll see how that goes but yeah i think i think you know memphis might might have finally woken up and they're they're gonna give lakers some problems you know and you're right booker's the catalyst you know uh for phoenix he's a difference maker and if if he can continue to go off like he did last game um yeah they're they're definitely going to do some damage the clippers are going to be be in trouble so uh, let's shout out Booker. He's he's from UK. He's a he's a wildcat. So we know, <laughs> we know he's a. Gotta give that. him the shout out. Gotta give him the shout out. Man, forty five. Gotta give dude. him the shout. Out. Yeah, I mean that he's is that is game. salty, dude. He he is yeah. man. He, he's he's one of those quiet types, you know. And that's one of the reasons I, I love him so much is he just he lets his game talk, man. And forty five points, yep. uh, in a playoff is just salty, dude. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, his effectiveness, sure. that's what gets me. I mean, he was 18 like, for 29 in shooting, 62 right. no tur- from the no field. turnovers, too. No turnovers, you know what I mean? Yeah. That I mean, that is is really good. He knows his place, right? He, I mean, he only had three assists, doesn't matter, you know what I mean? He knows his place, his place is to score, right? His place is, mm-hmm. is to get open when people are trying to double team KD. KD was effective at eight for 15, you know, shooting, yeah. So Kevin, I mean Booker was three for seven from three point forty two percent. Dude, that's good. That's good. He, st- yeah, he stays yeah. hot. Uh, they they're gonna be hard to contend with. Um, you know, as much as I'm pulling for the Clippers, uh, but then again, if the Suns get past, they're gonna have the Nuggets. Uh, <laughs> doesn't doesn't get any wall. easier. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. You're Ooh. exactly right. Yeah. Uh, I, I totally, I totally agree with you. And, you know, like as much as I love Russ, man, like he, he is not helping his cause at all, man. We need, he's just, he needs, the shooting needs to get better. You know, the turnovers need to get better. Like he needs to definitely um, tighten those up to help that team out. I mean, that's, that's been his, uh, it's been his downfall all of his career, right? Uh, turnovers yeah. and, you know, just um, his effectiveness uh, when shooting, like he shoots the ball a ton, uh, you know, he was yeah. 11 for, for 23 and shooting this last game, right? right. He had uh, 30 points, right? 12 right. assists, which he's always been good at, right? Eight rebounds, right. six turnovers. Yeah. Yeah. Six turnovers. Led, led, the, led the game. No one else on the, no one else on the court had as many turnovers as he did. Right. And, you know, 11 for 23, that's below, that's below 500. Right. So, yeah, it's about forty-seven percent. He was three from seven. So I mean, at three-point range, he was three for seven, right? Which is right. way above his normal <laughs> average, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But just six turnovers is just so many, just so many turnovers. You can't have that when you're the starting point guard. It's just yeah, you can't do it. 
I, I just don't do think he's he's effective enough. In me, it, uh, like I've always said, every time we talk about Russ, it pains me to talk to him, talk about him in this way because I I have such a uh, a love for him. But you know, the more and more we watch him in his career, uh, just the more that we see how ineffective he is. Right, because yeah, you, you had thirty points, but you also had twelve turnovers. What if every single one of those, you know, turned into a bucket? Right, let's say two buckets. That's twenty-four. Oh, yeah. You're only plus six. Like that's that's yeah. not good. That's not good. The other guy, yes. uh, uh, Powell, you know, he had forty-two points. Right, yeah. four turnovers. Right, so but look, you he, know, shot, you, he shot and he shot fifteen for twenty-three. That's you know seven for twelve from three-point land, like. Uh, like his his percentage is like is way way higher than Russ's. Hey, it was you know? seven for so. twelve uh, from three point range. Yeah. and and I I, yeah. I said that wrong, right? Six times two is twelve thirty, right? You got to add in yeah. a couple of three points, so maybe he's at like a plus eleven or a plus twelve, right? You know, still not right. good enough for for having thirty points in the game. Um, you know, I I just w- without Kawhi. Uh, yeah. I just don't think they're going to be uh, right. going to be any good. So hopefully Kawhi I mean, Leonard can look, get back. If you look at the stats, and I don't know where uh, PG is um, on this list either. I don't. I didn't. I didn't. I don't know if he's hurt too. But if you look, you know, Westbrook has thirty, Powell has forty-two, and then Highland has twenty, and then you got zero, six, seven, zero, five, four, and then you have Man with ten. Like without Kawhi, without PG. Who's going to score their points on a consistent basis? And like <laughs> you know, like, and if I mean, obviously you have the Suns, their starters 28, 15, 12, 11, and then Booker with 45. I mean, there's way more, you know, scoring power on the Suns than than the Clippers. Like someone's gonna have to step up and someone's gonna have to there's no way you have a starter with that should have zero points. That blows my mind, you know. Yes. Yeah. And I mean that and the Clippers do. So yeah, know, well, man, Paul that, Paul George gonna... and Leonard are both inactive. Right. So, I mean, it's not looking good when you have two superstars that can't play. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree with you there. I agree with you there. Well, uh, the other, the other game that was kind of surprising is Atlanta uh, getting a game away from Boston. That was a pretty good uh, victory. I didn't think Boston was going to have any trouble whatsoever. Uh, Granted, it's just one game, but uh, for them to pull one out was pretty impressive. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you if you watch that, but uh, uh, Trey Young and uh, Deontay Murray for uh, for this for Atlanta went off. I mean, obviously, if anyone uh, grew up in Oklahoma, they know who Trey Young is. They they know his range from deep man, uh, but but he definitely um, he definitely got his points, and Murray got his points, and as two guards, they kind of put on a clinic back there, uh, and the Celtics are kind of known for their their defensive prowess and like that there's the defense was non-existent for those two guys today. Yeah. What uh, I think what Boston does so well is that, I mean, they really play as a team, right? It's mm-hmm. not one sided to one player. There's not one player getting 45 points. Uh, you got guys coming off the bench, like Williams getting 14 points. You know what I mean? Yeah. They have a team that is surrounded with good talent. They play together. Um, you know, you look down down the the box scores, and there's nobody that stands out as just you know having a phenomenal game. Everybody puts in their their uh, you know pieces to the puzzle there. Um, yeah. Trey, 
you know, a Trey a Trey Young will shoot from the freaking second row if he's open. Like he just he he it's astonishing, uh, you know how quick his shot is, how he can you know make so many three pointers where it looks like he's not even gonna be able to get the shot off. Right, you know, yeah. he was twelve for twenty two, uh, effective, you know, um, in the field, uh, nine assists. Six rebounds. Uh, he had. He did have four turnovers. Thirty-two points this last game. Uh, Murray had twenty-five points. Heat was highly effective too. Eleven for twenty-one shooting. Uh, he had a couple of turnovers, but uh, you know those two guys basically run the team, right? If they're shooting at fifty percent, they're going to be hard to beat. Yeah, a hundred percent. But I mean, you think with you know Tatum, Horford, and Smart, it's just like they're they're such strong defensive players that they should be able to shut that down and, and they they struggled today but I think the Celtics bounce back you know Tatum's a baller he's a a Kobe disciple right he he's he's from that work that work ethic waking up at four doing all that stuff so like you know the Celtics will win this series I think but it's it's nice to see Atlanta get a win and make it make it competitive yeah yeah I'm with you um you know Tatum he had 29 points he, he kind of struggled from the field though he was nine for 22 so uh four yeah, turnovers that, that, that so, doesn't help when you're you play, you play 40 minutes and you and you you cannot make a bucket that obviously you're, you're gonna drop you're, you're drop, drop a game yeah yeah i'm with you I, I don't think they're in any trouble though um i think they'll pull it out no no matter you know no matter the victory here uh i i think yeah. boston's got this pretty uh pretty handily so Yeah, man. So that's it for sports. Just some the NBA playoffs. So, well, uh, uh, that was a, a quick sports section. I, I like it. It's Friday. Uh, I'm I'm ready to to get to sleep. So I'm I'm good with uh, good with wrapping this thing up. Um, Monty, what's uh, what's the last word of the week? Oh man, man, I, I went strong this week. I think I think you should give us a, a good word of the week this time. Well, I mean, my thing is, is I have a relationship with the father, mm. right? Don't just go to church, right? Actually have a relationship with the father. Um, you know, something that I learned uh, was that I had a, a paper relationship with the father. Um, I had had a really good life, uh, and there wasn't a ton of things that I had to to uh, test my faith or go through the mud uh, with the father until, you know, I had my son. And it, it just showed me that I, I really didn't have a relationship with the father. I had a relationship right. with the father, you know, quote unquote, on paper. Right. Yeah. And if I would have had a true relationship with him before, you know, bam it would have made that whole time period a lot easier right yeah. he wants to have a relationship with you just yeah spend time you know if if uh the kingdom is peace joy and righteousness right why would you not want to have peace and joy you know more than you already have now right yep. it, it's it's just soaking up that time with him right feeling the love, uh, asking, asking for things that you need, right. Giving, giving thanks that time with him 
is very precious and we have it. We have the time, right? People can say we don't have it. You have the time to do it, mm-hmm. right? I do it in my car. I mean, how how much time do you spend in your car a day, right? 30 minutes, yeah, an hour, hour and a half, two hours, right? That's just yeah. time to yourself, right? You may not have time to go sit on the back porch or go to a quiet place, but a car is a, a perfectly quiet place to yourself, right? Spend time with him, right? Grow that relationship. It will bear fruit. It absolutely will bear fruit. I can't tell you how much my life has changed in the positive uh, when I started to have an actual relationship with him and the way that I saw people in the world and different, different situations, right? It does change your life. It may not be in instantaneous, but it does change and you do bear fruit because if the the creator of the universe wants to do good by you, right? Good things are going to happen, but you have to have a relationship to hear him and see what he wants you to see. So that's mm-hmm. my, my last word of the week. Spend time with the father. You will not regret it whatsoever. Love it. So this is PJ's podcast where we speak of the three things that matter politics, Jesus, sports. Monty, I love you, brother. I'll see you next week. Love you, man. Yes, sir. I'll see you.